Hey, it's Aliu. This month, we're showing our appreciation for moms and teachers. So what better way to do that than sharing this episode from season one? It's a conversation between Melissa and Arian, two moms who are both teachers and are raising three children of their own. I remember the first time I listened to Melissa and Arian. They talked about the challenges they had faced while teaching remotely at the height of the pandemic, while taking care of their kids at home at the same time. It sounded like a lot. But you know, even at that point, I could still hear how much they really loved being a mom and how much they cared about their students. And that's pretty remarkable. So we want to say thanks to Melissa and Arian for spending time with us because we know how busy moms and teachers can get. And also for opening up about the struggles they faced during one of the toughest periods of our time. Melissa and Arian, thank you for doing what you do. Remote teaching is pretty hilarious. I agree. The things that you have to say now, turn on your camera, right? Mute, please. Meet Melissa and Arian, two teachers who are also moms. I've said, please don't bring your iPad to the bathroom. (laughs) Don't share too much information when you come back from the bathroom, please. They both were forced to adapt to the drastic changes the pandemic brought at work and at home. Studies show that women in general have taken the hardest hit during this pandemic, many having to leave the workforce due to the overwhelming pressure of juggling it all, working and being a mom. So today we'll talk to Melissa and Arian, each with three children of their own, and how they've managed to thrive during a very difficult time when the lines between being a teacher and a mom at home are often blurred. I'm Aliyah Pablo. Welcome to Making Changes, a podcast about two people on the path to change, but are on different stages in their journeys. On today's episode, Melissa and Arian open up about the challenges of wearing two hats at home during this pandemic. Melissa has three children, two teenagers and an 11-year-old, while Arian asks Melissa for advice on teaching remotely while caring for three kids under the age of three at home. Melissa talks about how after 15 years of teaching, the challenges of a virtual classroom made her think about possibly changing her career. But she'll tell us what it was that made her stay. We'll be flies on the wall as these two moms talk openly about what they learned about themselves and the changes they've had to make in perspective as educators and as moms. And they'll tell us about the big part that God played in their lives during this very uncertain time. Let's listen in. What's up, fellow mom? I'm so glad to talk to you because let me tell you, it is so hard to be a mom and a teacher right now. And just being able to talk to you is just giving me already a sense of relief here. You know... Being able to talk to adults sometimes is relaxing yeah. and therapeutic. Yes. I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts and some advice on some stuff just because, you know, especially with the pandemic and having three kids under three and trying to teach from home and trying to teach online while they're crying downstairs and just trying to do it all. It just, it hasn't been easy yet. Like, I just feel like I 
I can't do it all. I don't know how to be that super mom. I mean, what do you do? Other than cry in the corner. (laughs) On a daily. (laughs) On a daily basis. uh, I I kid. Um, But just just realizing that you just knowing that you can't do it all, you know, just unloading and allowing other people to help you. It, it took a long time for me to like, not need people. Yeah. And I'm not saying I don't need people right now, you know, but, um, that's what family is for. Just know that you, it, it, doesn't fall on you. Mm-hmm. And we, sh- you know, we share the load. You, what grades do you teach again, Arian? Um, I teach a four or five combo, but it's pretty much from eight to 1230 in the morning. Um, but yeah, I mean, trying to teach a combo in the classroom is already tough, let alone a combo on the screen. So there's that added pressure too. And what do you teach again, Melissa? I teach special ed. Um, and it's from kindergarten through all the way through eighth grade. Um, so multiple combo class, you know, a ton of different personalities and perspectives from all the spectrum. Right. Right. And so, yeah, it's, it's difficult to, it was difficult to do everything online, which is why I was, I was grateful when we opened up our school and we started mm-hmm. with our special ed students because they were the most um, in need of in-person support. Right. Um, you, can't, yes. you can't give that same kind of, or I don't know, you just can't really give that same kind of love and attention when there are tiles on your monitor. Yes, especially when you're meeting them for the first time, Arianne. Mm-hmm. These are kiddos you saw, you know, the, the first day of your teaching online, so... There's a lot more, there's just distance, like physical distance and just emotional distance for you. I know you're back in person, but what was the hardest part for you teaching remotely? Um, Chasing my students because, (laughs) because they, you know, they come from low socioeconomic Mm -hmm. backgrounds. And so um, when I don't get the, as much support, you know, um, from our parents. And Mm -hmm. so if they're not showing up on Zoom, I'm finding ways to have to reach out, which is why having them in person, physically having the bus go pick them up and bringing them to school that, you know, that was the connection that um, those, you know, my students had. And so when that started, I was obviously back in person, but my own children were virtual still. So that created a challenge because, um, you know, I'm teaching in my classroom and then I leave my kids behind. Yeah. Um, And they're older. They're older. But, um, you know, trusting that they're going to be okay, that you did what you needed to do to make sure that they they were provided for. Mm -hmm. Um, That was uh, also something that was a, a struggle. My room, my our bedroom has kind of become my classroom. You know, there are some perks, right? I get to make them breakfast. I get to be there with them at breakfast. Um, I can take my breaks and go downstairs and see them and just check to see how they're doing. 
if, you know, worst case scenario, if and everyone's crying, then I can bring someone into the bedroom and throw on a, you know, some some movie and they can just sit and chill out and and watch while I'm teaching. But, you know, trying to be mommy and, you know, teacher at the legit exact same time. It's so hard. Like I, you, you, you know that you are these things like twenty four seven, no matter what. But when they're mushed together, literally in the exact same room, it's so hard to differentiate between the two. But remote teaching is pretty hilarious. Like I agree, the, the things that you have to say now. That like you never would have said in the classroom. Turn on your camera, right? Mute, please. Like, what else do you? What else do you have to say? What else have you said? I've said, please don't bring your iPad to the bathroom. <laughs> and if you do, turn off your camera and mute. You know, <laughs> don't share too much information when you come back from the bathroom, please. So, you know, there's so much you have to do, but I've never had to be like IT. But with a virtual class, you're IT all day, every day. And you're like, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. And you're telling me, go to the three dots at the bottom, press the settings every day. But I think, you know, one of the things that kind of kept me going is, you know, during a class meeting, there was one kid who was saying, what did he say? He goes, oh, um, you know, I appreciate you because you have a ton of kids, but you still teach us. It, it it really does warm my heart and it, you know, helps me feel a lot better that even though I'm teaching in front of a screen, that they could still feel that I care. Virtual. Virtual mm-hmm. for me was just the, the most difficult. As it progressed, it just was, it was so depressing because I, you know, we didn't do student teaching through Zoom and this is not what I signed up for. And I I said that a lot. And as much as, you know, give me the most difficult student and the most difficult class any day over, uh, over virtual. And so it was during this pandemic that I really, after like 15 years of teaching, I thought maybe I should do something else. (laughs) Maybe I should change careers because this is not what I trained for. And um, it was it was one of the realizations, like you said, you know, those comments that our students say that all they need is connection. If that's the only connection I have with my students, then I'll do that, even though it's difficult. But I've I I I have thought about changing careers. And I think that's, um, you know, the harder part, too, is because the lines are so blurred right now. I can't, I don't have a schedule. Whatever happens with the kids. Like if someone's in a bad mood, like there goes that schedule. But, you know, one, two, three a.m. is kind of the time that I've been finding to lesson plan, to, you know, get my slides ready for the day after, because now we can't teach without slides, right? How did you survive? I know you were in the classroom when the when your kids were young. Like, how do you get from being mom of babies and still be the kind of teacher that you expect yourself to be? How do you do both? 
juggle. Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, you know, when you're in it, I, I, I'm sure 10 years from now, you'll be like, wow, how'd I do that? Because I'm at that point. Cause I'm like, oh, I hear Arian. Wow. I was, I was that. How did I do it? That's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking of when you're, when you're talking about these things. Mm-hmm. Cause, cause it, it is, you're in the moment you do what you need to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Quick story about when I first started going back to the classroom and my kids are big. Um, they are, I have a 11 year old, a 12 year old and a sophomore in high school. So she's 15. One day I came home and they looked like someone had been crying. Right. And then I, I knew something had happened, but they didn't want to tell me. And so finally I talked to my oldest and I was like, why are you guys so quiet? Why are you not telling me something? And I kid you not, it took all of me not to just feel like the worst mom in the world, but she was like, you come home so tired. We don't want to bother you with this extra thing. And I'm like, but you, it's okay. And I, I took a step back and I was like, I need to watch my face. <laughs> I yeah. need to watch oh, I know. what I say. You know what it made me realize? Wow. I've got great kids that know, <laughs> right? That that can kind of empathize and try mm-hmm. not to be, become a bother, even though I, I need them to tell me these things. But I'm like, wow, you know, this, all this, all this like teaching, right? It, it, it shows, it does show up, Ariane. And like when, when they become older and they, you know, they're out of diapers and you're finally done with, you know, breastfeeding your last one, you'll take a step back and be like, wow, these are awesome kids. Yeah. As, as hard as it is, like I would not trade these years for, for anything. You know, I remember like, um, talking with my husband and, you know, we were wondering like, what are we going to do about childcare? Like if both of us have to work, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And then boom, the pandemic hit, everyone had to work from home. And there was like this answer, right? I mean, it's so, it's such a, it's such a hard time to live in, but it's, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of brought a lot of families closer. Yeah. You hit it on the nail, families closer, because you, you wouldn't have thought this was, this was the solution to your childcare, you know, issue, but this, this is, this, this has brought, this has brought your, your family closer. I, I'm virtual all day on Wednesdays Mm -hmm. and, um, my son cooks for us Wednesdays. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. I don't, we don't ask. He just figures out what, what's, you know, what's to be made. And he cooks for his siblings and me. Oh, because I we're cannot all wait. I know. I cannot wait for that. But how are you able to hold on to your offices and still, you know, have your kids and teach and do the whole thing? Um. Well, you know, it's it always is like what you put first, mm-hmm. and you know what I re what I realize as my kids are now like in their teenage years, yeah. it's what they see that counts, right? Yeah. So I want I want them to grow up knowing 
that wholeheartedly I perform my duty as choir member because I love it, you know, because it's, it's something that we took oath for, right? We took oath for, and we know that we are going to fulfill it wholeheartedly. And, uh, them seeing that, even though they see that I'm tired, right? Mm-hmm. Even though they see that I c- come home, um, allows them to realize that they can do the same thing. Um, and so that pushes me, um, not only for the love of my duty, but for the love of my children as well, because yeah. I want them to continue to be officers as well. Not because mom is pushing them, Right. But because they love it too. Performing is almost like a form of self-care, I think, yes. for me. Um, and, you know, listening to you about how it's really all about what our kids see. Like, I know that my kids are still pretty young to the point where they're only going to have very few memories of right now. But I do remember too, like my mom, when she had my little brother, she went back to the choir right away. And so it was no question in my mind um, about coming back to the choir after having our oldest, after having our second. Like, um, I think I went back two weeks, two weeks after having my first one because we were prepping for, you know, a special worship service and you know, I had to make sure that the choir was ready. Right. So my mom being a choir leader too, like she totally understood. So she would take him and then we would go to choir practice. Um, and then it was two months after my second one. And even then I remember like just itching, itching, itching to go back. But a lot of it really is self it's, it's really self care. And like, I feel renewed and I feel strengthened and everything when I get to go and like teach the choir and, you know, listen to the hymns and all of that kind of stuff. I almost feel like when I get to go to choir practice, when I get to serve God on my own without like any interruption that I come back a better mom Mm. or I hope I come back a better mom. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's so much better than like going to go get your pedicure and coming back. Right. I mean, that feels good already. Like getting your hair cut, <laughs> yeah. your nails done and coming back home to the kids. But um, yeah, there's like no other feeling. Maybe it's just because I feel like a load is lifted. Yeah. There's a, like a, a load from life, I guess, that's lifted off your shoulders so that yes. when you come back home to the kiddos that need you to be strong, you've been strengthened, I guess. No, I completely understand. Uh, that's, that definitely is, um, one of the reasons why I, I continue. Um, I, and I know that now as, you know, a mother of teenage children Mm -hmm. is that they, they see mom and, you know, I now, I now perform with my eldest daughter in the Mm -hmm. adult choir who loves it and who cannot wait to come back to the chapel and put on her choir robe and sing Mm -hmm. in the, in the choir loft. And I know that that's not something that I pushed for her to do. It's the love that she has for it. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's therapeutic, but also so much blessings. That's what I want for my kids too. Like I want them to see us performing 
you know, day in and day out and realizing that the reason we have what we have is because we dedicate so much time to God and our duties. Yes. Yes. Agreed. What did you learn the most about yourself as a mom through all this, through all this crazy pandemic? The biggest thing that I learned is you can't do it all and it's okay. Yes. Um, That I have to allow myself some grace. Um, I know that like, you know, postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety is real because I feel like I live it, especially right now after having the third one. I didn't really feel it too much before, but and it's been hard. It's been um, it's been a challenge to get out of that mental state of I'm not doing enough. Yeah. But you know, hearing you, um, talking with friends, praying and praying and praying and praying is little by yes. little reminding me, you know, that I don't have to to do it all. What's the biggest change that you had to make during this time? Um, I, I'd have to say, I know that God is always with my family and bless my family, but during this pandemic, um, I, I didn't know how much it would take out of my mental capacity because I was like at, at a point when I thought I can't, I can't do this. I can't handle it. I, I, I'm right here. He found a way to like take away the load somehow and allow me to just, okay, I think I can do this. As moms, we are pretty resilient. We say this about students all the time. Oh, you know, they'll bounce back, they're resilient. But as educators, as moms, we're resilient ourselves. (laughs) And I know this because of this pandemic. I've done things that I didn't think I could do. So that's, that's the biggest, biggest change. Yes. Thank you so much for your advice and for just, you know, talking me through. I think I've had a lot of ahas from this conversation. Me too. It's always great to grow grow together. Yes. Through conversation. So thank you. Melissa, Arian. Thanks hey. so much, you guys. Thank you so much for doing this. And you know, I first I have to say, I you know, there are frontline workers and there are essential workers and teachers, we don't give you guys enough credit. You really are in the front lines and you really are essential, like on, on so many levels. And you're right. I think I forgot which one of you said it, that you go from one job to the other. Do you feel like you're mothering consistently because you're also mothering other people's children when you're at work? What do you think, Melissa? Uh, yes, the the I complete I agree the the mothering has no boundaries. <laughs> so I cross the threshold of my classroom, I'm mothering. I cross the threshold of my my home, I'm a mother. So you're you're constantly teaching and showing and caring for, um, and whether it's my own children or others. Um, it's, it's what we were put here to do. It's been a challenge, this pandemic. Um, however, 
um, God has showed us that we are resilient. So resilient indeed. Um, Arian, you, you mentioned that once you became a mom and like you said, it was prayers and prayers upon prayers answered. And this is really what you've always wanted. Do you see yourself being able to have enough energy to keep teaching in the future? Like with, cause you're really in the thick of it all. I do wonder that all the time, whether I'm going to have enough energy. I mean, cause I mean, your own, my own three are exhausting, right? <laughs> to say the least, they're exhausting already, let alone having to go in with a class of 33, another class of 33. I've loved kids and I knew I wanted to be a teacher since I was 14. Like, just like being in the choir is part of my identity. I feel like teaching is part of my identity and I want my kids, no matter what they decide to do in life, well, most things anyway, like <laughs> I want them to follow their passions as well so that when they're older, they would love whatever it is that, you know, God gifts them with. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I feel like if I stopped teaching, then I would show them that it's okay to kind of give up your passion too. And I want to be that role model for my own kiddos that no matter how hard it is to do what you love, you should still do what you love because, you know, mm. God gave you those gifts of whatever it is, I guess in this case of teaching, of showing, of molding and that kind of deal um, for a reason. No matter how tiring it is and no matter how tired you are, right, as moms, what is the difference when you do do something you love? Um, I think there's a huge difference between doing something that you love versus doing something just for the sake of a paycheck. But, you know, we go a little bit above and beyond when you love something. I mean, it's like the same thing with church, right? We're there like all hours of the day or all hours of the night and you come home and you're exhausted, but you feel full, right? You feel um, satisfied and uplifted because you're doing something that you love. Your students are so blessed to have you both as teachers because just listening to you both, we can tell just how much you truly love what you do as teachers, but also how much you really do care for your students. And of course, your babies at home. Um, so thank you guys. Thank you so much. And I hope you get some sleep, Arian. And uh, <laughs> Melissa, I hope you get through the teenage years and you will. And um, thank you so much for sharing your stories and your heart with us. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, Arian and Melissa. Now, if you found value in what you heard today, share it with a friend, a fellow mom, or a teacher that you know could probably use this right now. Stay up to date with new episodes of Making Changes on these different platforms, Apple or Google Podcasts, or subscribe to the Ions Media Podcasts on Spotify, or you can download the Ions Media app. You can see the faces behind the voices by following our Making Changes podcast Instagram account. Thanks for listening to Making Changes, and may your change uplift you.